Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Zoe Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. We are starting a brand new series today called Hope Alone. We're going to be jumping into John chapter 16 in just a moment. But I want to thank every person that gives faithfully and helps us get this message out around the world. If you'd like to give, you can go to our website and give there or text Zoe to 77977 and we'll shoot you a link and you can give right there. But let's jump into this week's message called God is on my side. Go in your Bibles to John chapter 16. John chapter 16 verse 33. We are starting today a brand new series. We're talking for the rest of the year about love and joy and peace. Because we believe Jesus is the reason for the what? Y'all church folk. Jesus is the reason for the season. And so the greatest gift that's ever been given in the history of the world, except for, you know, those commercials with the cars when, you know, it's got the bow wrapped around it and the lady comes out and she's like, oh my gosh, Ted, how did, how, this is amazing. Besides the Lexus, Commercial, the greatest gift that's ever been given in the history of the world is Jesus, the hope for humanity. So I want to start a brand new series today. Write down the title. It's called Hope Alone. I get it. We went from Stuart Little to Hope Alone. Come back in January. We're going to do Jurassic Church. I don't know. We're going to keep it going. This is going to keep on flowing. We're on fire. We're in Hollywood. Chad, you're in Echo Park. Anyways, um, we are talking together for the next few weeks about hope alone. That our hope is in the name that is above all names. Our hope is never in a person. Our hope is never in a job or a thing. Our hope is in God. And the Bible says Jesus is so clear about this. He says, listen, in, in this earth, on this earth, You're going to face trial and tribulation. You're going to go through hardship. There's going to be painful moments, painful seasons, maybe even painful years. But he says, don't lose heart. Put your hope in me. I have overcome the world. Watch what he says, John 16. Let's start with this scripture. These things I have spoken to you that in me, you may have peace. In me, you have peace. You don't just get peace because you got some great decor. Or you make great cookies and got some hot cocoa. You get peace because you get God. In me, you have peace. That's why his name is he is the Prince of Peace. So if you're looking for peace this season, go to Jesus. He's got tons of it. So much that he is peace. He says, no, no, these things I've spoken to you that my peace might be in you. In the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Be cheerful. I like that cheerful countenance, cheerful attitude. See, what, why do we love, you know, having this, this excitement about Christmas? Because people are cheerful during Christmas. You know, I think Christians should be cheerful. We should be cheerful believers. Why? I've got Jesus. He is my hope alone. And so it doesn't matter what my bank account looks like right now or what it's about to look like come January 1. All that matters is I have peace. 
And I've got hope. And I want to encourage you with hope because it's important as we're moving into this next season that you don't lose your hope. The world always tells us, don't get your hopes up. And God always tells us, put your hope in me. So my hopes are all the way up. In fact, let me give you a definition of what hope is. Hope is to trust in, to wait for, to look for, or desire something or someone, or to expect something beneficial in the future. To look for, to hope for, this is like kids and Santa Claus. They are hoping that that man's coming down the chimney. Little do they know it's their mom staying up till three in the morning. But they're hopeful for a present. They're hope they're looking for. When you follow God, you're always looking for him to do something. You're always expecting him to do something. You always have expectation. Who are you about to connect me with? What idea are you about to give me? What joy, what peace, what love am I about to experience? All of this comes from those that have hope. I want to encourage you to get some hope in your life. You need to have more hope. The world's down in their dumps, not hopeful about this, that, or the other. But if I follow Jesus, I'm filled with hope. Watch what he says here in Proverbs. Two scriptures in the book of Proverbs. One chapter after the other. Proverbs 23, verse 17. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but always be zealous for the fear of the Lord. There is surely a future hope for you. And your hope will not be cut off. See, when you hope in God, your hope is never cut off. I got a friend one time, he was in high school and he started messing around in sin and his dad caught him in sin and his dad was a really godly man. He caught his teenage boy doing something bad. I don't, I don't know what, room for the Cowboys or something, I don't know what the details. <laughs> and he catches his son and he walks in the room, sees what he's doing and he says to his son, this is where the blessing stops. Maybe you feel that way, like if I make a mistake, my hope will be cut off. When your trust is in him, your hope will never be cut off. My trust is not in me or what I can do. My trust is in him. Look at this next scripture, Proverbs 24, next, next chapter. Know all so that wisdom is like honey for you. For if you find it, there is a future hope for you. And your hope will not be, what's that word again? Cut off. So God wants you to keep hearing, I'm not cutting off your hope. No matter what you've done, it doesn't change me. I will be faithful. I will be compassionate. I will be generous. Don't look to others. Don't tap into you. Look to me. I want to preach a message, this first installment, right down the title. It's called, God is on my side. God is on my side. And there's a scripture that says, if God be for me, who can be against me? I came to preach to somebody and tell you today, God is not just for you, God is with you. You've not been cut off by hope. You've not been cut off by God. God is on your team. 
God is on your side. He is, he is fighting your battles. I love football. It's football season right now. We're getting close to the playoffs, and they just announced the college playoffs, and I'm a University of Washington Husky fan. I'm a man of God. We're in, yeah, we made the playoffs, yeah. And um, I like when you watch a, a game and you see somebody that's really good and they're performing at a high level, and I always think, man, I'm glad they're on our team. I'm glad we're not facing them. I don't know if you've ever faced a, 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 an opponent. I'm also, don't let the green fool you, I'm a Seattle Seahawks fan, okay? <laughs> okay, and so um, we faced the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday night. It was rough. It was rough. And you watch these battles. You watch people go up against each other, and you think, man, I'm, I'm, I'm not happy we're having to face them. I wish they were on our side. I would feel more confident they were on our team, but we're going against them. I just want to, as you're going into this next season of your life, I want to remind you, you're not against God. He's not opposed to you. He is for you and with you. God is on my side. God is on my, nobody wants to see you win more than God. If you're wondering who in my life really wants me to win, who's supporting me in this season, who's really cheering me on, who's really in my corner, God is on your side. And God is on your team. And God is not against you. He's for you. God wants you to win. That's why the Bible says, praise be to God that leads us in all triumph and all victory. God is on my side. So I'm putting my hope in, in, in God. God well, I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm not that good, but God's on our team, so we're going to win. And I know the W is going to happen, and we're going to party. And I might not have scored any points or had any yards, but God did all the work, but I'm going to party like I did something. But I know it was all God. Amen. And you need to know that, that just because you feel like hope has vanished, just because you feel like times are tough, it doesn't mean that God's not working. And, and, and you need to get your eyes off of your circumstance and your eyes onto God. There's an old line that I've always, always loved and held dear to my heart. It says, we don't allow our circumstance to determine our faith. We allow our faith to determine our circumstance. And what happens is we get in circumstances or situations and we capitulate to the circumstance. But a hopeful person says, it doesn't matter what I see or what I feel right now. I know that God is on my side, so I'm going to see a victory. And if you feel like you're up, up against a wall, you feel like you're up against a battle, let me just show you some people in the Bible that went through hard times. Moses was the man of patience. Abraham was the man of faith. Noah was the man of endurance. Daniel was the man of devotion. Job was the man of perseverance. Paul was the man against all odds. Jesus was the sacrificial lamb. These are people that went through hard times that remained hopeful. That no matter what they had to endure or persevere through or go against the odds, they still put their trust in the name of Jesus. They still said, even if I've got to be a sacrificial lamb, even if I've got to go through hard times, he says, no, be of good cheer. It's bigger than Elf, the movie. 
I have overcome the whole world. And I've got peace to give you, even if you need to endure right now, even if it's hard right now, you can look to me. I am the author and the perfecter of your faith. I want to just identify, because sometimes we get down in the dumps and sometimes we get discouraged and we get overwhelmed and we put on ugly Christmas sweaters. This is not one, stop judging. And, and, and we feel like, oh, why, why, why don't I feel hopeful? I know I'm supposed to have hope, but I have none right now. So why don't I feel hopeful? Let me give you four reasons why sometimes you and I struggle to be hopeful. Number one, we are overwhelmed with guilt. That sometimes our sin, by the way, let's just clearly define what sin is. Sin, by definition, is simply missing the mark. God has set the standard and set the mark, and when I sin, I fall short of the standard. Just because you missed your first shot doesn't mean you should stop shooting. Keep on trying. Keep on going. Keep on getting up. Though a righteous man falls seven times, he still rises. But we get overwhelmed in our guilt. We are, as the, as the quote says, we are guilt-ridden. We are ridden with guilt. Watch what Psalm 38 verse 4 says. I've lost 20 pounds in two months because of your accusation. My bones are brittle as dry sticks because of my sin. I'm swamped by my bad behavior. I am collapsed under an avalanche of guilt. Now, I don't know if you've ever felt guilty. I don't know if you've ever felt like just overcome by the weight of sin. And there's no shower that can wash off that feeling. There is no thing that you could go do that'll make you feel better. You can numb the pain, but the pain will return. And the great news for you, if you're riddled with guilt, you feel guilty about a thing you participated in or something you said, the great news of guilt is the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has come not to condemn you, but to convict you, to lead you from the air of your way to get you off the wrong track and back onto the right track. The Holy Spirit loves you enough to put his finger on you or his hand on you to remind you, I've got something better for you. I've got something greater in store. You're not called to live in sin. In fact, when you follow Jesus, I'd rather die in Christ than live in sin. I'd rather be dying, following Jesus, dying to my sin patterns and all the pleasure I want. I'd rather be dying in Christ than living in sin. Don't you believe the lie of sin? Sin always costs you more than you want to pay. Sin always makes you stay longer than you ever want to stay. Don't you believe the lie of sin? Sin promises you all the freedom. It only delivers bondage. Sin delivers all the fulfillment and only leaves you empty. Sin writes checks it can't cash. But when you get in the freedom and the promise of Jesus, oh, I'm telling you, there's joy, there's love, there's peace, and there's hope. Come on, somebody clap and thank God for the promise of hope. So maybe you're overwhelmed by, by guilt, and when you're in guilt, there's no hope. There's no hope because you're chained and you're addicted and you're in a sin pattern. 
I believe that today Jesus wants to set you free. Maybe you're overwhelmed, write down number two, overwhelmed by despair. And there's two stories in the Bible of two great men of God that were so overwhelmed with despair of their own decisions that they asked God, take my life. I'm too overwhelmed. I have no more hope. I don't even have a reason to live anymore. Look at, look at this scripture in 1 Kings. Watch what Elijah says. 1 Kings 19, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and he came and he sat down under a boom tree and he prayed that he might die. And he said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father. Have you ever been so overwhelmed by despair that you felt like it's over? Suicidal, so to speak. I can't keep going and live another day. Jonah says the same thing, chapter 4, verse 3. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. When you're overwhelmed by despair, you don't even want to live. You don't even want to get out of your bed in the morning. You don't want to keep going because you are under such extreme despair. But there's another verse that I've been holding on to. And the Bible says, I will live and not die. And wherever Jesus is, there's life. Because wherever Jesus is, there's hope. You might be in despair going, it's not going to get better. This is the worst. Clouded by confusion, clouded by struggle, clouded by despair. You might be in the dumps of despair. But God will, by his outstretched hand, pull you up and pick you out of your despair. Put your feet on solid ground and put a new song in your mouth. That is the grace of Jesus Christ. I don't know if you've ever been here before. Some people are nodding their head. I've, I've been here. I've, I've, I've felt that before. I've felt overwhelmed by despair. The reason why you're here today is because God gave you enough hope to keep going. You've got to have hope in tomorrow, hope of expectation, hope in confidence in God, hope that he will deliver, hope that he will destroy the enemy, hope that he will show up at the right time and show off his power in our life so we can live another day. How about overwhelmed, write down number three, overwhelmed by defeat. You feel defeated. As a parent, you feel defeated as a business owner. You feel defeated as a single person. You feel defeated in your community. You feel defeated in life. You ever been around somebody who said, I can't get a win. I just can't get a win right now. Last night, my, our son, uh, our 10-year-old, was in a playoff game. He played for the New York Jets flag football, and we were in the semifinal last night, and he lost. And it was all right. The, the other team was far superior and far better. But and it was, you know, sometimes when you're watching your kid, you're rooting for him, and then other times you're just like, no, they're better. They're going to win. <laughs> we, we don't got that guy. He's on, I wish he was on our side, but that little kid number eight is not on our side. And he is whooping us. His hips do not lie, okay? And so after the game, my son, you know, all the other kids, they're fine because, they're, you know, go get a, 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 a treat or something with mom and dad. My son is gone. He is inconsolable. He is, he's so competitive. He's like his father and mother combined. And so 
He's just distraught. And so I'm walking around this track with him last night, and he's mad at the refs. He's mad at his teammates. He's mad, mad at everybody but himself. And, um, <laughs> and he's just so upset, and he's just, he's defeated. He gets in the van. He's defeated. We go to dinner. He's defe- he was defeated until we got to In-N-Out, and his order came. In-N-Out will change a lot of problems. If you don't have hope today, after church today, go to In-N-Out. Get you a double-double, you back to life, baby. I don't know if you've ever felt just tears of defeat. Man, I can't stop doing this. I can't be who I'm called to be. I can't get a win. Watch what the Bible says about defeat. Oh, I love this one. Jeremiah 20, verse 14. Cursed be the day in which I was born. Let the day not be blessed in which my mother bore me. Why did I come, verse 18, why did I come forth from the womb to see labor and sorrow that my days should be consumed with shame? You understand, Jeremiah felt this way, Elijah felt this way, Jonah felt this way, Job felt this way. If you have feelings, that's okay. It's okay that you feel things. You just can't remain in your feelings. You've got to get into your faith, and you've got to start to understand that God is for you. And if you feel defeated, all the victory and all the hope is in somebody else, not you. So it's okay if you need to cry like my my son. Sometimes you need to have a good cry in life. Somebody say amen. Amen. Sometimes, you know, the the Raiders (laughs) used to have a sign that said, real men wear black. I think real men cry. One of my favorite pastors, Pastor Jack Hayford, used to say, tears are from the Holy Spirit. And when you get in the presence of God and he reminds you, I know you feel defeated, but you're not. I know you feel like the tail, but I've called you to be the head. I know you feel like you're taking L's, but you're more than a conqueror in me. I know you feel rejected, but I have loved you lavishly and I've chosen you as mine. I know you feel like everybody's abandoned you, but I will never leave you nor forsake you. My hope is with you and my eye is on you, son. My eye is on you, daughter, and I'm going to lavish you and bless you beyond your wildest dreams. You just keep your, I look my eyes to the mountains. Where comes my help? My help comes from you, the maker of heaven and earth. Don't get your hopes down. Get your hopes up up you feel defeated and you feel overwhelmed and and Jeremiah says curse the day that I was born everybody feels that way until it's your birthday and you're like can somebody text me happy birthday can I make one Instagram story today These are all feelings. Last one, write down number four. Here's the fourth reason why you lose hope. You're overwhelmed by grief. Grieving. You're in a season of grief. You're grieving those friends. You're grieving that loved one. You're grieving that season. You're grieving that thing. You need to grieve properly. You need to heal up. You need to grieve appropriately. I'll never forget this one story. This pastor, this guy I really respect, said this guy came to him after a service and he was crying. And he said, Pastor, will you pray for me? And you could tell the guy was really distraught. He said, Pastor, will you pray for me? And the pastor said, of course. What, what's going on? He said, Pastor, my dog passed away. 
He started to cry. He says to the pastor, how long, pastor? How long will I feel this way? And the pastor, I loved his answer. He said, well, as much as that dog meant to you is probably as long as that's going to take. He said, oh, pastor, you know that dog meant so much to me. He said, it's probably going to take a long time. You need to allow yourself room to grieve what you've lost. The pain and the process of getting back to hope, back to trust, back to confidence, back to strength, back to identity. You got to grieve well. There's a season of grieving and then a season of laughing. It's okay to sow in tears. You cannot reap with songs of joy until you first spend time sowing in tears. Joy cannot come in the morning until last night was filled with sorrow. So it's okay that you have some sorrow. You just can't live in your sorrow. I'll never forget when my mom lost her mom. I was in middle school. My mom lost her mom. And I'll never forget the first time I saw my mom couldn't get out of bed. And my mom was crying and crying. And I watched my mom grieve her mother for a season. For a season you might be grieving, but you can't stay there. There's work to do. There's something for you. There's, there's a call on your life. There's purpose in your life. There's something God has for you. We can't stay there forever. We got to grieve. Look at this scripture. I love this one. Uh, look at Isaiah 53. He was Jesus, a man of sorrows. He was acquainted with grief. Why can Jesus lead you through your grief process? Because Jesus himself was acquainted with grief itself. So he never looks at your grieving and says, come on, hey, woo -woo. come on, enough. Now he's, he's some, I love this about the woman of Nain. He, he sees the casket of her son. And before he performs a miracle of raising him from the dead, it says Jesus got with the woman from Nain and he wept with her. Sometimes Jesus loves you enough just to cry with you and process with you and allow you to get healed and strong again. If you're being rehabilitated from a grieving season, I want to let you know that Jesus is not in a rush. But what he wants to infuse you with today is hope for tomorrow. That you can be in pain and still see that God is for me and there is hope for tomorrow and there's something down the road and God is in this and God's working through this and I don't know how and I don't know when but I know that God is going to do what only God can do through this death, through this circumstance. I'm praising him in advance for what only God can do. Is this encouraging anybody? You got to grieve well. Don't be some robot Christian. Oh, next. No, you, lo you lost your dog. You lost a friend. You lost a, you lost a job. You, lo you, you have great, this world is filled with great loss. But only through God do we get great gain. You understand? So I want to show you, not just, because we all, we go through the negatives, we're like, oh, guilt, despair, oh God. Defeat, who are you preaching to? <laughs> Grief, help me God. Ever since COVID, 
tons of grief. So how do you get hope with guilt and defeat and despair and grief? Let me give you some solutions now. Write down the first one. Put your hope in God. Hope misplaced will lead to a life filled with disappointment. But hope put in the right person and in the right place will, will leave you feeling fulfilled. And so I want to let you know that what the enemy intended for harm, God can turn around and use it for good. In fact, watch Abraham here. I love this scripture, Romans chapter 4. It says, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. I love that. Abraham, against all hope, Abraham had hope. So listen, you can have hope against all the odds, all the defeat, all the grief, all the sin. You can have hope against an unhopeful situation if you put your hope in God. How does this happen? Romans 8 verse 28, put it on the screen. Because we know this, and we know, we know this, man. We know this, that God is able to work all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I want to let you know that God is not the author of your sin. God is not the author of your defeat. He's not the author of your destruction. He's not the author of your grief. But I'll tell you, he will work your grief and work your guilt and work your defeat and work your season all for the good of those who love him. So when I put my hope in God, I'm saying, God, I'm hoping you're going to turn my pain into my platform. You're going to turn my test into my testimony. You're going to turn what's struggling into what I'm victorious in. Only God can do that. Only God can take the most horrific, painful, evil season of your life and turn it around for the glory of his name. Only God can do that. Only God can do that. Only God. That's why God says, you bring me your worst, I'll give you my best. You bring me your ashes, I'll give you a crown of beauty. You bring me the spirit of heaviness, I'm going to put on you a garment of praise. Why? Because where I show up, there's life. Where I show up, there's hope. Where I show up, there's victory. Where I show up, there's joy. Where I show up, there's peace. Where I show up, there's love. Come on, every campus. Come on, Westside, clap with us. Miguel, clap. If you're at home, just thank God. My hope is in the name that is above every name. And so, and so when I do this, when I put my hope in God, I will never be disappointed and I will never be destroyed because my hope is in him. I love this scripture. Look at Psalm 34. This is a beautiful, Psalm 33, sorry. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help. He is our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. Do you see how much of this is about God and how much of this is about you? My job is to trust in him and to hope in him and to look in him. I, I really believe this for a lot of us. You need to get your eyes off them and your eyes on him. Stop looking at what they're doing and start focusing on what he's doing. 
I saw something on social media the other day, and I, I saw some people doing some things I did not agree with. And when I saw it, I looked at it, and I thought, help me, Jesus. And I literally physically saw it, I go, and I went like this. And I had to say to myself, stop looking at others and start looking to him. They can't fix you. They can't pay your bills. They can't heal you. They can't deliver you. They're not for you. God is for you. God is on your side. And God will do what only God. Come on, give them a praise right now if you're grateful. It's the God stuff. Worship team, come join me. Here's the last point today. You need to have faith for today and hope for tomorrow. Oh, I love faith and hope. Faith and hope are cousins. Faith is the cousin of hope, and hope is the cousin of faith. And I want to let you know what faith's role is and what hope's role is. Hope is the architect, but faith is the builder. Hope is the one that gives you all the pictures and the dreams and the plans and the images Hope is the architect. Hope draws up all the drawings of what could be. I'll never forget when we started looking at the plans at our Highland Park building that we're going to be in in 2024. I got hope for it. And we started meeting with the architect and they started showing me photos of what could be. Because when the Holy Spirit shows up, he's going to show you an image of what your life could be. Not what is today. Not the defeat and the guilt and the grief and the devastation. He shows you what could be. Hope is the architect, but faith is the builder. They say right now at our Highland Park campus, there's about nine to ten different crews on site every day. And these crews are on site building. They're building the plans that the architect drew up. I want to encourage you today. Your faith is building the hope that God has for you tomorrow. And by day by day, we've got faith. i got faith for today. I've got hope for tomorrow. i got trust in God, belief in God. I've got, I got something good in my hand to fulfill the big thing in my heart. Faith is what's in my hand. Hope is what's in my heart. want to build a big family, you want to build a legacy, you want to do something great for God, you want to be generous, you want God to move in your life and through your life, that's a hopeful plan you need faith for today and hope for tomorrow. I'm believing an infusion of faith into your life, but I'm believing also that it'll start with hope. The first book I ever wrote was called Unreasonable Hope. It's a story of our daughter, Georgia. Yesterday, our daughter turned 12 years old. <laughs> and our uh, beautiful Georgia was giving, given almost like a death sentence when she was three months old. And she was given a lot of nevers by a doctor. And we didn't know if she'd make it even this far in age. But we made a decision all the way at three months before she was 12. We made the decision to let our lives and our home be filled with hope. Hope. You know, because when you get something like that, you could think, oh, 
She'll never walk down the aisle. She'll never ride a bike. She'll never, I'm glad she'll never date. I'm fine with that, God. I want to thank you for that one. So I don't ever have to own a gun. Amen. You could lose a lot of your hope. But I got to tell you, for Julie and I, we've remained hopeful that the best is yet to come for her. Remain filled with hope, not given to my situation. The second book I ever wrote is called Faith Forward Future. So I wrote about hope and I wrote about faith out of my pain. Why, people say, why you write about hope and faith? It's what I was going through. It's what God was teaching me. God was teaching me how to be filled with hope against an unhopeful situation. God was showing me how to have faith. The subtitle of the second book, I love this one, Dealing with Disappointments, Delays, and Setbacks. Can you relate? It's what I was dealing with. And God was showing me, don't believe the doctor. Believe me. Don't believe what they're saying. Believe what I said. Put your hope in me. And when you do this, I promise you, God will show up in ways you never imagined. You got grief? I know what it means to have grief and hope in the same day. Amen? I don't know what you're going through. I'm sure it's hard. I'm sure it's difficult. I'm sure it's beyond what any of us could ever imagine. But I want to let you know that God is faithful and God is kind. He's not abandoned you. He's not forsaken you. He's with you. In fact, God is on your side. He's on your team. And let him do all the work. Let him get all the glory. And let the victory come back to your life. Amen. I want to encourage you. Don't go by what you see. Don't go by what you feel. The just shall live by faith. Amen.